You're listening to Love, Maine Radio with Dr. Lisa Belial, recorded in the studio of Maine Magazine at 75 Market Street, Portland, Maine. Dr. Lisa Belial is a physician trained in family and preventative medicine, acupuncture, and public health. She offers medical care and acupuncture at Brunswick Family Medicine. Read more about her integrative approach to wellness in Maine Magazine. Love, Maine Radio is available for download free on iTunes. See the Love Maine Radio Facebook page or www.lovemainradio.com for details. Now here are a few highlights from this week's program. What drives our economy on a national basis is entrepreneurism. And there is no question that here in Maine, it's an even greater extent, right? I mean, you have to be creative and entrepreneurial for the most part here in our state. I mean, that's, that's really what drives our economy here. We couldn't be happier to see business cooperate and collaborate and be seamless between their business practices and the educational opportunities. We continue to strive to do that. We are considered the drug information expert, so our patients really should count on us for that information. So that's something we rely on heavily in pharmacy education, is a lot of time in communication and how they can communicate directly with their patients in in a simple language that the patient feels comfortable with, so they can retain that information and hopefully improve the outcome. I started looking for other opportunities for me to still use my science background, but actually meet patients and make a difference. So I looked into pharmacy school and I just knew that pharmacy was going to make a lot of sense for me professionally and and personally. So once I finally started studying pharmacy, I realized that it was exactly where I needed to be. Love Maine Radio is made possible with the support of the following generous sponsors. Maine Magazine, Marcy Booth of Booth, Maine, Apothecary by Design, Mike LePage and Beth Franklin of Remax Heritage, Tom Shepard of Shepard Financial, Harding Lee Smith of The Rooms, and Bangor Savings Bank. This is Dr. Lisa Belisle, and you are listening to Love, Maine Radio, show number 164, Maine's Pharmacy Experts, airing for the first time on Sunday, November 2nd, 2014. Pharmacists do much more than dispense medication. As pharmacy science experts, educators, and community liaisons, they are important members of the healthcare team. Today we speak with guests who have a special interest in the education of Maine's pharmacy experts. Catherine Cloudman, Principal at Apothecary by Design, Portland's Economic Development Director, Greg Mitchell, Dr. Jim Krebs, Assistant Dean of Experiential Education at the University of New England, and newly minted pharmacist, Dr. Kayla Stewart of Apothecary by Design. We know that you will enjoy getting to know these members of the healthcare team. Thank you for joining us. Here on Love, Maine Radio, we think a lot about the wellness of our communities, not simply from an individual standpoint, but really from a collaborative standpoint. These individuals that I have with me today are have been thinking about this quite a lot themselves. We have Catherine Cloudman, who is one of the founding partners of Apothecary by Design, and also Greg Mitchell, Portland City Economic Development Director. Both of you have some thoughts on what's making Portland um, a healthier place to live. So I'm glad you've come in to talk to us today. Thank you. Thanks Thanks for having us. And we're going to talk more about um, the University of New England and the pharmacy school, which is really a big interest of apothecary by design. But first, I wanted to talk to you about 
why it is that we need to have um, new businesses coming into Portland and doing things that are slightly different and taking risks, because this isn't something that we always think about as um, we're going through economic uh, challenges. Um, We closed on our financing for our business the day before the stock market crashed in October of 2008. Um, So it was a very scary time to be starting a brand new business, but um, myself and my four business partners, um, we were were well on our way and we opened our doors um, almost six years ago. And it has been a very interesting ride. And we wouldn't be sitting here today without the help of a bunch of other um, community partners. Um, Portland's, uh, the city of Portland, Um, And Greg, in particular, have been very supportive of our business, as have um, Fame and Bangor Savings Bank. And um, we have a terrific working relationship with the University of New England and their pharmacy school. And a lot of those things have come together in such a way that have allowed us to grow the business and find great people and uh, fund our business and fund our growth. So we've grown to having um, 70 employees and 80 million in revenue this year. This must be um, music to your ears, Greg. You must really enjoy hearing about businesses that took a chance, started something new on um, sort of at the deepest part of the recession, and then have found success. And actually, I want to say you were um, recently recognized Inc. 5000. You are one of the top growing businesses, I believe, across the United States. That's correct. One of the most gratifying aspects of my job is watching businesses grow and prosper. And um, in the case of Apothecary by Design, the city really works hard to basically create the environment to support growth. And while the company partners were risk takers on their business, I want to point out they were risk takers in where they decided to invest. Uh, They're located down in uh, Bayside, um, which is the new front door to downtown Portland. Uh, This is an area that the city concentrated on extensively with an area-wide plan to support the kind of retransformation of an industrial area that has scrapyards, warehouses, to repopulate it, repurpose it for businesses um, like Apothecary. So they were were risk-takers in where they invested. They were one of the first, I call them a pioneer, in terms of uh, supporting a redevelopment effort in Bayside, and you can see the results of that today with Trader Joe's and Whole Foods, more housing, more commercial investment. Um, so it's uh, it's enormously gratifying to set the stage for investment, to make sure that you know the city's doing what it can in a supportive role, everything from roads and utilities, but also in the case of Apothecary, we ended up with a direct financing relationship to help support one of their phases of growth. And they've grown beyond their initial location to a second location. So um, having those kind of anchors in our community that are creating significant high-wage job employment um, and taking advantage of the programs that are offered, for example, at UNE, um, creates the full circle for making an economy work well. As we think about health and wellness, um, we think about the ability to find places to run or find places to walk or have clean air or have clean water and some very basic um, health fundamentals. But what we also need to think about are um, have places for people to work. We need to have places where people can get health insurance. And and Mm -hmm. there are so many different layers of um, need when it comes to wellness. 
What is it? I guess I think I just read a, st- uh, a statistic about unemployment and how it really impacts families. And I believe the statistic was something like families who are um, who deal with unemployment are more likely to go through emotional turmoil like divorce. So on the opposite side of that, having jobs available like the 70 jobs at Apothecary by Design or um, the pharmacy jobs through UNE, that's a really important thing. Absolutely. Um, I couldn't agree more. Um, We've got to, you know, have a pathway for employment, kind of an economic ladder, starting at entry-level positions and working, working your way up um, to support growth. So we're striving for that um, in terms of supporting growth in our economy with a very diversified base and, um, you know, creating that, that environment. Again, um, you talk about health and wellness. Um, we're proud of the fact that in the area, in Bayside, um, the city planned, designed, and invested in the Bayside Trail to interconnect, you know, a hardscape trail system through Bayside all the way, you know, around the peninsula to Back Cove. So we're taking advantage of our water views, you know, the picturesque views, um, but also people mobility. Uh, we're a very walkable community. So we're trying to be full service, not just in the type of businesses that we attract and the type of employment, um, but also to create the right environment to move people from housing to work or just taking a break during the day. And I'll just speak to that a little bit, um, you know, at the apothecary by design level. Um, you know, some of what you're speaking to, Lisa, is stability and creating stability for people um, and, you know, despite whatever their background might be. And I think one of the things that we feel really proud about is having created jobs across a real economic spectrum. So whether it's a cashier or someone in shipping and fulfillment or a nurse care coordinator or um, a clinician, one of our pharmacists, it's a really wide spectrum. But we are also um, really dedicated and committed to providing um, a full spectrum of benefits for these folks as well so that there there is some stability and um, safety to them coming to work each day. So whether it is a flexible um, work day or health insurance that we pay a very high percentage of or um, our 401k plan where we have um, a mandatory contribution that we make to people who are qualified to participate in our 401k plan. We're really focused on trying to do a lot of those things that provide them the stability because if they're feeling stable, they're going to be more productive um, at work. And that's part of what makes us more successful and what we're trying to do for our patients. Wellness is very important to apothecary by design. I know that a lot of the work that you do focuses around um, specific areas like, for example, hepatitis and fertility and other issues that are um, that are more disease-specific or more um, problem-specific. But at Apothecary by Design, you actually are focusing on also keeping people, getting be- people before they get to a place of disease. You have supplements, you have educational um, sessions, and you really have people who understand. Um, you have a naturopathic doctor who works with you. You have people who understand what is necessary to keep people on an even keel. That's true, and I think um, that is very much our focus, and, and we're very much an integrated pharmacy across all aspects of pharmacy. So the nutritional health and well-being is a very big component of that. I mean, part of what we're trying to do is look at how to help people manage side effects of 
um, medications that they might be on. And to the extent that we can support them in such a way that keeps them um, healthy and keeps them from getting um, more sick than they might be, then that's good for everybody in the healthcare system. Craig, it must be interesting for you. You were born and raised in Maine. You went to Chevres. Um, you went to not too far away to Vermont to get your undergraduate degree. It must be interesting for you to come back and see what has happened because you spent some time in Boca Raton and you've been all around the state working with municipalities and also as a private consultant. Um, but Portland's changed a lot. The landscape has changed dramatically um, over the last 30 years. I remember growing up here in the late 70s, and uh, the old port was, was not what it is today. I remember my parents telling me, that area's off limits. That's not an area that, that you should be going. Um, and so um, what a dramatic change to see that kind of hub of activity, that vitality, which is serving as a magnet and really um, is selling Portland's lifestyle. Um, nationally and internationally, we continue to, to make a number of short lists in terms of, you know, safe place for people to raise their kids, um, you know, a very hip place, a foodie place, of course. Um, and it has to do with uh, just the feel and the buzz of what's going on in the community. Very metropolitan experience at a very small scale, and it's very intimate that way with you know the old adage six degrees of separation i say in in maine and portland it's two degrees of separation in terms of people's connections and overlap so um it, it's an easy story to tell and it's one that we're working very hard on um, not just from a visitor experience in arts and entertainment uh, but also from a business experience hence the reason we're here today um, you know we're a good place to start a business. We're a good place to grow a business. And, and apothecary is, is evidence that you can not just survive, but you can really thrive in Maine and attract the talent that you need to support you know, a, a workforce of uh, 70 you know, jobs um, in, in a relatively short period of time. So um, it's just, it's, it's phenomenal for me to, to be a part of the experience and to have a hand in trying to shape and direct you know, the economy. It would all be for naught without business investment, I'll say that. Well, piggybacking on that, I mean, one of the things that is really important, I know this is an initiative of the city and, and it's something that we're certainly benefiting from, and that is the sort of hip vibe that Portland has makes it a lot easier to attract and retain qualified young professionals to the community. And it re it's a reinforcing kind of thing. So, you know, here we have this fabulous partnership with the University of New England, and we provide a great experiential education for um, the students that are, you know, within our, that come and visit our pharmacy. And we probably have six plus students in our pharmacy at any given time. Um, it's a great opportunity for us to get to know them and them to get to know us. But you know, if, if they were all graduating from pharmacy school and then moving out of the city of Portland because there's no jobs to be found here or they don't love the community, then we'd be in a, a very different place. But, but that's not the case. Um, you know, the students that come here and attend University of New England or Husson or, or many of the other schools in the area fall in love with Portland and fall in love with Maine. And they want to try and figure out how to be creative and how to stay. 
um, and for all the reasons that Greg talked about. And so that's a pretty fun thing to be able to segue them out of their graduate degree program into a position enabling them to live in a city that is really a fun place to be right now. Here on Love, Maine Radio, we've long recognized the link between health and wealth. Here to speak more on the topic is Tom Shepard of Shepard Financial. Wouldn't it be great if we could spend our days doing all the things we dreamed of while gazing up at the stars on a crystal clear night? Yet for most people, and I include myself in that group, the realities of daily living prevent it from happening. We all have responsibilities to our employers, our families, people who rely on us to be there for them. But what if you could get to a place where you're able to reinvent yourself and start a new journey that was more fulfilling? What if you could define what true north meant and find your star and start walking towards it? What if you had the money to embark on a second life because financial worry had fallen off your radar? This, my friends, is what I call the seventh state of your financial evolution. And while I'm certainly not there yet, I'm here to help you get there. It's time to evolve. Get in touch with Shepherd Financial and we'll help you evolve with your money. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Flagship Harbor Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Flagship Harbor Advisors and Shepherd Financial are separate entities from LPL Financial. Love, Maine Radio was brought to you by Bangor Savings Bank. For over 150 years, Bangor Savings has believed in the innate ability of the people of Maine to achieve their goals and dreams. Whether it's personal finance, business banking, or wealth management assistance you're looking for, at Bangor Savings Bank, you matter more. For more information, visit www.bangor.com. What's interesting to me also um, is that what you are doing in offering an educational alliance with the University of New England um, is something that required you to be able to have some vision when you first started creating these plans. Um, We know that we've needed more pharmacies, more pharmacists. We know that we have an aging population. Um, But the type of education that you're offering at Apothecary by Design, I think, is is unique um, for these students. I think it's very unique. Um, for one thing, you don't find a lot of pharmacies out there that have sort of the the breadth and depth of services that we provide. So they're seeing both alternative therapies in our nutritional health and well-being area. They're seeing compounding, um, both non-sterile and sterile compounding. They're seeing sort of the more traditional retail pharmacy environment, and they're also seeing specialty pharmacy, which is a up-and-coming, fast-growing area of pharmacy where they're really getting um, ingrained and in a specific disease state and learning about it in an in-depth way from a clinical perspective. So seeing that range of services is is a unique experience for them, and we don't just have them you know, in our store or in our um, specialty pharmacy, 
you know, doing mundane tasks. I mean, we have them um, doing research and presenting to our clinical team on a particular topic. Um, that's really educational for our team, um, and it's a great experience for them to stand up and present in front of a group of clinical people who are going to ask them difficult questions but probing questions. Um, so it's a, it's a great experience for them, and it's a great experience for us as well. It must also be helpful for them to be able to have this, um, I guess, this front row seat in, in a business, in a Absolutely. new business, because mm -hmm. I'm thinking, Greg, of your situation and, um, you know, economics and medicine for quite a long time were not necessarily talking to one another. And now we can't help but talk to one another. So to have students who are going through and, and to remind them that, yes, this is this is a business, like all businesses, and for us all to be able to um, develop our brains in such a way so that we are cognizant of that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Catherine talked about um, capturing that student population that's graduating, and that's a targeted audience of ours. Um, we find that once people experience Portland and Maine, they fall in love with it. And the next step is we've got to find them an employment opportunity, a professional employment opportunity that's challenging, that they feel um, is the right next step from school so they can support themselves and their family. So uh, we couldn't be happier to see business cooperate and collaborate and be seamless between you know, their business practices and the educational opportunities. We continue to strive to do that from um, the city perspective in terms of making those connections, but to actually have relationships that are working to give those students a different experience, a business experience, a hand-on experience, that they can now capitalize on that. Our hope is that they stay in Maine. And we continue to see employment growth in this sector to employ them, um, but even if they leave the state, they have skills that are very marketable um, that will make them much more attractive in the workplace. So it's, it's the wave of the future. I think all schools are recognizing that um, to be successful, there has to be a pathway to employment beyond the degree. And so those business relationships are uh, critical and so important from my perspective. So we're continuing to try to find ways to create matches. It happens organically and naturally, but if there's ways that uh, we can collaborate and support our educational institutions, providing a trained workforce to businesses, and then them offering those kind of high quality experiences that Catherine's describing um, are invaluable to uh, really get that person committed to Portland for the long term. It's helping drive down our average age in Portland, um, which is below 40, and it's driving up our educational attainment. Our Portland residents, 25 years and older, 45% of our resident population, 25 years and older, has a bachelor's degree or a higher level of education. That is a phenomenal statistic that compares well across this country um, with major metropolitan areas, including including Boston. So we have um, some phenomenal assets to capitalize on if we can just support an economy to grow business, grow jobs, and capture that youth, attract that youth here to Portland. 
what's really valuable in terms of that experiential education is that they do see all aspects of the business and they're not isolated to just some of the clinical activities. They really do understand, you know, what are the economics of dispensing a particular medication all the way through to counseling the patient and all aspects of how that works. And what drives our economy on a national basis is entrepreneurism. And there is no question that here in Maine, it's it's an even greater extent, Absolutely. right? I mean, you have to be creative and entrepreneurial for the most part here in this um, here in our state. I mean, Absolutely. that's that's really what drives our economy here. So, to the extent these students can come out of their graduate degree program not just with the clinical expertise, but with the business skills to be able to um, thrive in an entrepreneurial community, that's a real. That's a real benefit to us as business owners, but also to themselves, because um, particularly in healthcare, we've seen the importance of developing the business skills side of the equation um, as we move through all of the changes that are happening in healthcare. I, I totally agree with those comments. Uh, from my perspective, um, this company was a startup in 2009, and here we are today with a company with 70 jobs and 80 million in, in revenue. Um, from the inside, f looking at that kind of growth and expansion for you know, the youth to see that, to see how that's managed, as, in addition to the services that are provided, is a phenomenal education. It's, uh, it doesn't get any better than that. Um, I've seen that with my boys and, and some of their employment. Uh, I've encouraged them to take those kind of risks with startup companies. Um, nothing against older and more established and mature companies, but um, companies with startups, you stand against so much more insight, so much more knowledge by watching the growth, the identification of market opportunities, and their ability to capture that opportunity and be successful. Six years is a very short period of time in a company's evolution to achieve the level of success this company, Apothecaries, achieves. So I've been doing this for 30 years, and I've seen business evolution from start to finish. And so, um, again, that educational interface with um, the workforce and the training. But to reinforce in Catherine's comments on entrepreneurship training, it doesn't get any better than living it. I'm also struck by the um, necessity of communication skills and the ability to communicate across a broad spectrum. Um, if you are a pharmacy student, you need to be able to talk with other pharmacists. You need to be able to talk with physicians and healthcare providers. You need to be able to talk with patients. Um, and this is really no different than any other successful business, where if you're a business person, you need to be able to talk sales and you need to be able to talk numbers. And, and I think that this is, we're, we're heading away from that siloed approach to education, which is very specialty driven. And we really are starting to understand that communication is key. I think that's true, and I know you're going to be speaking with one of our, our new hires who's a pharmacist, and she does a wonderful job um, presenting um, and has given a number of presentations to our clinical staff, so, so I think you'll enjoy your time with her. Um, and that's been one of the things, in fact, we had her present when we had the URAC Accreditation Committee come in um, to, to, for our on-site visit, and so that was an example of a, a newly graduated student, in fact, I don't even think she had graduated by the time um, she came, by the time Yurek actually came in to visit, 
she had to be able to have the um, the wherewithal and the comfort to stand up in front of these on-site accreditors and speak to some of our quality initiatives that we were working on. Um, our clinical staff needs to have the ability to go out and, and be on a sales call with practitioners and talk to them about the range of services that we provide, but also you know, that's sort of the business angle of that visit, but also they need the credibility around the, p- the particular clinical topic that they're speaking to um, so that they have the respect of the person sitting across the table. Mm-hmm. So it is, it's exactly what you're speaking to, Lisa. They really need both, you know, one hand on the, the clinical dashboard and the other hand on the business dashboard so that they can really bring those two things together in a way that makes them credible and, and confident in a variety of different settings. Well, I'm very excited about the work that that you're both doing. I think, um, you know, also having grown up in Maine and seeing all of the shifts and transitions, and I believe that when we moved here in 77, Marginal Way and where Apothecary is in the Bayside area, it just looked incredibly different. And it's so gratifying to see all of this shifting. And I know at Maine Magazine and Oldport Magazine, we're excited to see what's coming up. We get to speak to a lot of people who are doing interesting things. And to know that this is the same types of interesting things are going on in healthcare is really, it's really wonderful. It's really, it's really a great thing. Um, well, we've been speaking with Greg Mitchell and Catherine Cloudman. Greg is the is Portland City Economic Development Director, and Catherine Cloudman is one of the founding partners of Apothecary by Design. I encourage people to learn more about what Apothecary by Design is doing in this area and also to learn more about the city of Portland. Greg, is there a website or a way that people might learn more about what's happening economically in the city? Absolutely. We've got a couple of websites we can refer people to. Um, City of Portland, uh, Maine, and um, a, another website that's worth a visit is called liveworkportland.org. That is an, uh, an arm of the city, a nonprofit that we've established that's focusing on marketing and branding us outside of Maine and internationally. And uh, the emphasis of those programs are people recruitment, people attraction, entrepreneurship. Um, support. So uh, both those websites, people can uh, contact me directly at City Hall and uh, would love to interface with folks that want to learn more about what's going on in Portland. And Catherine, Apothecary by Design, how can people learn more? Apothecarybydesign.com is a great, great place to visit and also follow our Facebook page. We have ongoing posts happening um, regularly about wellness activities that we're working on, um, events that people are presenting at, um, and just updates on what's happening with our business. Well, thank you very much, uh, Catherine Cloudman and Greg Mitchell, and um, we appreciate your doing all the wonderful work you're doing for the city of Portland and beyond, and keep, keep it up. Thank you. Thank you. As a physician and small business owner, I rely on Marcy Booth from Booth, Maine to help me with my own business and to help me live my own life fully. Here are a few thoughts from Marcy. When was the last time you took a break from what you were doing, from the work that was piled up on your desk, and just looked up? I know that during the course of my days, I often forget to take a moment or two to just breathe look up at the sky, and dream. Terrible that I have to remind myself to breathe, but when I do, I feel energized because in those moments, I'm able to let go of the daily grind and think more about what I want to accomplish 
how I want my business to grow. Sometimes those are the aha moments. If we all took a few moments out each day to stop what we're doing and dream a little about our business futures, not only would we feel a great sense of calm, but we may come to realize that these dreams can, in fact, come true. I'm Marcy Booth. Let's talk about the changes you need. BoothMaine.com This segment of Love, Maine Radio is brought to you by the following generous sponsors. Mike LePage and Beth Franklin of Remax Heritage in Yarmouth, Maine. Honesty and integrity can take you home. With Remax Heritage, it's your move. Learn more at rheritage.com. As a family physician for many years, I have had um, the good fortune to interact with pharmacists in lots of different ways in the hospital setting and also in the community. Uh, today, I'm going to interact with two pharmacists who are far more than just your average pharmacist, I believe. You'll understand as you get to hear more about them. Uh, we have Dr. Jim Krebs, and is it Dr. Kayla Stewart at this point? Dr. Kayla Stewart. Um, Dr. You can say that again if you want. It sounds really nice. Doctor, I'm, I'm sure Dr. Kayla Stewart. Dr. Jim Krebs is a UNE is UNE's assistant dean for experiential education, and Dr. Kayla Stewart is a University of New England graduate and now an apothecary by design pharmacist. Thanks so much for coming in and taking time out of your busy schedule and talking to us about this really interesting collaboration that um, the University of New England has with Apothecary by Design and also about pharmacy education in Maine. Great. Thank you, Dr. Lisa. Thank you. So pharmacy has really come a long way, I think, since probably since you, Jim, um, were studying this at the University of Rhode Island. Absolutely. Um, traditionally, we were in a dispensing role, which is most people are familiar with where we're at a community pharmacy, and they just kind of see us behind the counter in a white coat. Um, to really now, we are direct care providers. So, um, you know, having a provider status is we can meet with our patients one-on-one, 15, 20 minutes, an hour, and chat specifically about their disease state and the drug therapy, um, with the goal being to really um, reduce hospital admissions, decrease healthcare costs, and just have better outcomes for our patients. Um, so I think a lot of people will be surprised um, to see that they can find, to go to their pharmacist to, to get immunizations and, you know, have changes in the drug therapy um, in collaboration with a physician or a PA or a nurse practitioner now. So it's greatly changed. And I can attest to that. I think that when I, as I was saying, when I first started in medicine, the, the way that I understood my relationship with pharmacy was much different than I understand it now. As I'm seeing a patient now, if I have somebody that I know is going to need more counseling on a medication, I actually have said to them before, look, here's some basics on this medication I'm prescribing, but the pharmacy really can give you a lot of great information. And sometimes it's more user-friendly. They don't feel quite as intimidated as sitting there with their doctor. Absolutely. I mean, we are considered the drug information expert, so our patients really should count on us for that information. So that's something we rely on heavily in pharmacy education is a lot of time in communication and how they can communicate directly with their patients in, in a simple language that the patient feels comfortable with um, so they can retain that information and hopefully improve the outcome. I think that's incredibly important. There are so many different walks of life that come through. You know, you may even counsel a nurse on a medication that they're not as familiar with. But, um, <clears throat> you know, as far as the patients go, making sure that they can understand what you have to uh, explain to them is, is incredibly important. I think that's an awesome thing that I, I really enjoy doing is relating to different kinds of people and making sure they feel comfortable with all the medications that they take. 
Now, Kayla, you are originally from Wyndham. You went to the University of Maine, and you were part of the second graduating class at the University of New England's, um, is it the School of Pharmacy? Is that what it's yeah, officially yeah, College called? College of Pharmacy. College of Pharmacy. Um, how did you decide that you wanted to go into this field? Uh, I got my undergrad at UMaine um, in biochemistry. I really liked science. I started kind of um, practicing um, and studying in my, for my master's in biochemistry. And I realized that I didn't really enjoy working alone in a lab with test tubes and with no one to, to interact with. Um, and so I started looking for other opportunities for me to still use my science background, but actually um, meet patients and make a difference. Um, so I looked into pharmacy school um, and I did a tour at UNE and it was everything I was looking for. I mean, the faculty was incredible um, and I just knew that uh, pharmacy was going to make a lot of sense for me um, professionally and, and personally. Um, so once I finally started studying um, pharmacy, I realized that it was uh, exactly where I needed to be. Jim, you also have a Master of Science in Medical Education and Leadership from the University of New England uh, College of Medicine. So for you, education and communication has been very important for quite a while. Yeah, I think even from the beginning, I think our pharmacy education teaches us about the importance of educating um, our patients and other healthcare professionals. So early in my career, I was involved in brown bag series in the mid-coast area. Um, and then at each hospital, we're responsible for you know educating physicians, nurses, pharmacists, various healthcare professionals um, on, on drug therapy. So that even led me to, to go to Saudi Arabia, where I was a, a part of a, a program with the royal family, where we were there to educate the Saudi pharmacists and Saudi students to help take over the pharmacy. And this was in many disciplines. So eventually, um, the Saudis could run their own healthcare system instead of having the Westerners um, run their healthcare system. Um, so that led me eventually um, to UNE. So UNE has been in a wonderful experience where I really felt it was like my time to give back. Um, so starting at the college in 2008, um, as a founding member, um, I was greatly involved in, in hiring faculty and recruiting the first class of students, and it, it's been wonderful to to educate the students. And then, but that led me to think, you know what, I, I need a few more skills. Um, so I did um, complete a master's in medical education at the University of New England at the College of Medicine, and that was an amazing, actually, online program where um, there's anywhere from eight to ten students in your cohort. So I worked with physicians in many disciplines um, all over the world. And being the only pharmacist in there, it was an incredible dialogue between us on how we're going to educate the next generation of healthcare professionals. I'd like to back up and learn a little bit about what it takes to become, um, to get your doctorate in pharmacy, because this is something that I think people don't, we think about people who have medical degrees or people who are doctors who are dentists or vets, you know, veterinarians, but it's it's a lot of work to become a doctor of pharmacy, and it must require um, not only time spent in the classroom, but also hands-on time. We absolutely um, spend a lot of time in, in practicum, in, in labs. We had an incredible opportunity at, at UNE to really work um, in a real life setting. Uh, we had this incredible uh, laboratory, um, Hannaford, the Hannaford lab, right? Um, and, you know, we had labs where we would practice counseling patients. We had actual patients come in for uh, some, of our, um, some of our classes so that we could counsel them, practice, really um, become um, more 
immersed in the actual uh, practice of pharmacy as opposed to just um, the lecture and the didactic portion. Um, and, and along with you know the things we did in school, we had a number of rotations outside of school uh, that allowed us to really <clears throat> expand ourselves as, as professionals. To elaborate on that, um, you know, at UNE, um, it's a four-year doctorate degree. So students can come in either with two years of prerequisites, but most of our students come in with a four-year bachelor's degree already. So the, the curriculum um, is, is a total over four years, where the, the first three years involves primarily work in the classroom with a little bit of internships we call experiential learning. And then the whole final year, the fourth year, is experiential. So every six weeks, our students have a new experience. So they work under the leadership of a pharmacist throughout Maine, the country, throughout the world um, to complete those internships. And they can be anywhere from an institutional rotation at a hospital to a community pharmacy like Apothecary by Design. Um, they can be in Thailand or Spain for global education, uh, which is programs that Kayla and I both have participated in. Now, what types of things can you learn in um, Spain, for example, about pharmacy that you couldn't necessarily learn in Brunswick? So I'm going to let Kayla answer that because she, she was really in, ingrained in it there. Um, that was by far one of the most incredible experiences, and I think that it really has made me um, a better pharmacist uh, as a result. I think the importance of studying not only another uh, culture, but their healthcare, how they practice um, providing for their patients, how they practice um how they practice pharmacy over there is really incredible. Um, they have an, a universal healthcare system um, that we are are moving towards now, um, and it's and it's uh, really important, I think, for us to learn uh, from people that have already established this kind of healthcare system, so that we can um, improve upon our own. Um, and I think one of the other things that I really took um, from my experience was understanding what it's like to not be understood. Um, and I think that that translates everywhere, but you know, especially in pharmacy, I've met a number of patients that um, don't speak English as their first language, or um, aren't, you know, aren't as able to understand medical terminology. Um, so really understanding what it's like to feel as if nobody understands you, um, and I think that that has really uh, opened my eyes to the kind of um, patient care I need to provide for my patients, and it needs to be very individualized. As, I, as you're talking about this, it, um, I'm thinking about some of the work that recently they've been doing with doctors really across the country in trying to help them understand the importance of uh, medical literacy, of health literacy, and um, terms that doctors think about, like congestive heart failure. You know, what do you, when you say that to a patient, and they're thinking, oh my gosh, my heart's failing? Mm -hmm. You know, what does that mean? Um, some of the things that have long been held um, have made sort of doctors into gods. These things are kind of falling, you know, that we now know that we can't just be throwing out terms just because the vocabulary sounds kind of specific and good to us. We need People need to understand what's actually going on with their own bodies. They need to participate in their own care. Absolutely. And something that you may not be aware of, Dr. Lisa, is that's something we work um, diligently on at UNE. Uh, UNE is one of maybe seven schools in the nation or universities in the, in the country, I should say, that have um, an interprofessional education collaboration. So that means we are really fortunate at UNI that we have a college of medicine, a college of pharmacy, a college of dental medicine. We have um, social work, PAs, 
Um, we have so many healthcare disciplines that we work together as a team to work on interprofessional education. A lot of that has to do with educating our patients together in terms that they understand. And one way that's really amazing um, that UNI I think is, is really proud of is our simulation lab. Um, I think it's a new trend in medicine where we have, in a sense, a controlled environment where we have a patient, it could be a live or it could be a mannequin, where we can go in and educate on, on challenging or difficult cases. It could be a language barrier, it could be maybe a complicated delivery, or it could be education you know, for a patient with diabetes. So it gives us a chance to really practice that role in a safe environment, to not feel threatened. Um, and me as an instructor is really wonderful to go in there and say, they don't know what congestive heart failure means. How are you going to explain it to them? And the student's like, oh, what do I do? And I'm like, you got to figure it out. You know, you have this patient right in front of you. What are you going to say to them? And they figure it out. It's pretty amazing, actually. This whole thing is, is also wonderful to hear um, from you because, Jim, because you obviously have quite an extensive educational background yourself, and you were able to be there, um, ground floor, let's create a pharmacy school, let's do it in a way that makes sense for today's students like Kayla when she was going through. I mean, that's a really exciting opportunity and one that I think doesn't exist everywhere. It does, and I felt really privileged to be a part of that system. Um, when I joined UNE in 2008, I really felt it was like my time to give back. And I still believe passionately that what we are doing for our profession is amazing and what we're doing for the state of Maine is equally important. Um, for many years, as most people know, we had you know the brain drain. There was no College of Pharmacy in Maine, so our students would leave to go to Boston or Rhode Island or Connecticut and then not return. Um, so I thought that was really, really important after you know being a pharmacist in the, the 90s where we had a huge shortage. Um, so it's been really invigorating. Um, and I think the ring thing we really focused on is, is our commitment and our relationship to our student, that we are student-focused. One of the things that we find really important uh, from our students is their engagement with the faculty. Um, they feel that it's a really nurturing environment for learning, you know, they're, they're just not a number. Um, so I think we are a family, and I think Kayla can attest to that, that our faculty have an open-door policy, that we are, we're committed to our students and to, to our profession in Maine. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. I established a number of relationships with um, <clears throat> with faculty that uh, that really do transcend the relationship traditionally seen between a student and a, a professor. You know, you really have the opportunity to speak with them about not just the test you took last week or the questions you got wrong, um, but hey, I'm applying for a job. You know, I need help. I don't know, you know, what salary to ask for. I don't know um, what job I need to look for. You know, those sort of um, guiding. Um, you know, mentorship type relationships. And I, I've met quite a few um, faculty members that have definitely influenced um, my career and how I practice um, and given me somebody to look up to and, and really um, interact with even after school has, has ended. There was a time when the apothecary was a place where you could get safe, reliable medicines, carefully prepared by experienced professionals, coupled with care and attention focused on you and your unique health concerns. Apothecary by Design is built around the forgotten notion that you don't just need your prescriptions filled, you need attention, advice, and individual care. Visit their website, apothecarybydesign.com, or drop by the store at 84 Marginal Way in Portland and experience pharmacy care the way it was meant to be. Experience chef and owner Harding Lee Smith's newest hit restaurant, Boone's Fish House and Oyster Room, Maine seafood at its finest. Joining sister restaurants The Front Room, The Grill Room, and The Corner Room, 
this newly renovated two-story restaurant at 86 Commercial Street on Custom House Wharf overlooks scenic Portland Harbor. Watch Lobstermen bring in the daily catch as you enjoy baked stuffed lobster, raw bar, and wood-fired flatbreads. For more information, visit www.theroomsportland.com. Kayla, I would think that it would also be very interesting for you to, um, as a student, have experienced, say, the Hannaford Pharmacy, the Walgreens, the um, Apothecary by Design, and to really see that there are different business models, there are different um, patient-provider interaction models, and have the opportunity to decide where you best fit. I think that's where the experiential education became extremely crucial uh, in understanding not only pharmacy, but um, myself and where I wanted to practice. Uh, I went to a number of incredible sites. I was in um, <clears throat> in Norway, Maine at a small uh, hospital, Stevens Memorial, um, and it was a beautiful, beautiful commute. It was in the fall, so, you know, all the leaves were changing. I was... Um, I was in Spain, I went to Apothecary by Design, and I saw pharmacy practice in so many different lights, and it was incredible to glean a little bit from each of those sites and and really incorporate that into um, how I practice and and really how you know how I wanted to continue my um, my career. So I think it was absolutely the experiential education that. Um, you know, showed me the parts of pharmacy that, um, you know, I didn't necessarily knew existed or knew were so amazing. Thank you, Kayla. (laughs) I think what we do is really, really important. I mean, as I said earlier, our students have to complete six, you know, internships or rotations, and they do gain us something a little bit from each of them. And it's pretty amazing now we're in autumn and they've just been doing this for three or four months, and they're still a little nervous. And for me to see where they're going to be in like February, March, April, it's amazing just the maturity and growth that comes along. So May comes around, it's like, wow, they're ready to practice, practice, and it makes us feel really good. And you don't, you would think that, you know, after all the school that you have completed, you know, those first three years before you go off, that you would, you know, be fresh and ready to go and know everything. And then once you get into practice, you realize that nothing is like the book. So, you know, it's really a different kind of learning altogether. And there definitely is a transition between your first rotation where you're nervous and, um, you don't even know where to start and everything that you've practiced in your books, no, this doesn't really apply here. You know, the, clinically that's really not relevant or, um, and it, it definitely is a huge transition um, as, a, as a person, as a, as a professional to start at, at week one in your first rotation and then actually finish your last rotation and think about sitting for your boards and, and taking care of patients. There's an incredible evolution in that last year, so. It's really wonderful. Nothing makes me happier to have a student say, you know, in September, October, Dr. Krebs, I don't know what I want to do. I'm like, great, because <laughs> you're going to figure that out by May. So then I'll see them like in April and they'll be like, you know what, I've taken a position here or I've got accepted to a residency. It's like it's amazing the growth that occurs in the last nine months of the education. And it's terrifying, too, because you go out. It's your last year of school. You should be thinking about getting a job. You should be thinking about applying um, residencies, interviews. And it becomes um, very daunting. And when I, I know when I first um, started my first rotation, I went to Spain and I thought, I've been doing everything wrong. <laughs> I should be living in Spain. This is amazing. I love it here. <laughs> and I you know, almost tossed my passport in the river and, and stayed. <laughs> um, but I knew I had to finish school. 
And I came back and I was so lucky to have had apothecary as my first American rotation. Um, I didn't realize how incredible, um, you know, pharmacy could be. You know, as, as much as I loved it before, I came to apothecary and I realized, you know, these people are on the phone for an hour with insurance companies to get a paid claim to go through. They are talking to patients. They're on call on the weekends to make sure if patients have problems or questions, they are available uh, to answer them. Um, and I, I was very lucky because I thought, you know, I came back from Spain and had that sort of post-Europe depression kind of deal. Like, you know, what am I doing with my life? And, uh, and Apothecary was incredibly inspiring. Um, Denali became, um, she was my preceptor at Apothecary, um, one of the pharmacists there. And, you know, she became, you know, an inspiration to me, a mentor and a friend. Um, and I knew after the first week that I needed to work there. So I finished the rest of my rotations and I, and I loved them. I learned a lot at every one. And I, always in the back of my mind, I knew Spain was not an option at this time. So I thought, you know, if I'm gonna stay here, I would just love to work at Apothecary. I would be just so lucky to have that opportunity. Um, and a position opened up and I snuck right in there. <laughs> and uh, I haven't had any regrets. The main thing I think is, I mean, the main connection I think becomes more important than we realize. And I, I know that, Jim, you've worked up at um, Midcoast, and now you're at UNE, and you've, you apparently, you and I knew each other unbeknownst to me <laughs> at, a, at a time um, when I was prescribing medicine when I practiced in Yarmouth. And it I, was all appropriate, Dr. Uh, yes, I'm sure. I'm, <laughs> I'm assuming I did a good job with my prescriptions. Um, but, I, it, you know, it really is interesting to me that, especially in Maine, people are more connected than we realize. I mean, you, you can meet somebody and then 10 years later, you can actually put a name to a face and you know, the relationship becomes so, um, becomes so important, especially, you know, Jim, you, you are in South Freeport now, is that yeah. where you live? And yeah, the connections are incredible. I mean, you know, I came to Maine in 1994 when I had my BS in pharmacy and I worked for Midcoast Hospital, but I also worked um, per diem for Hannaford Pharmacy and I traveled throughout the state because there was a huge pharmacist shortage. So I got to meet pharmacists and people from all over the state and it's amazing 20 years later of who knows who. So I think that's been part it's of my scary. It is scary. It's part of my success at UNE is that is the connections, and I think that's it's part of part of UNE's branding is about our connections. But it is really important, especially in Maine. Um, you know, I think old school is it's who you know, but I think it's more about the relationship you build with them. Um, but the connections are amazing. Yeah. And I would think also, Kayla, with you having been um, raised in Wyndham, I mean, you work at Apothecary. There's got to still be people that you know from all the time. People. I run into people who knew my nanny or live next door to my <laughs> my uncle, and it's it's an incredible, uh, you know, I, I bring up, hey, yeah, I work at Apothecary. Oh, you know, really? You know, I just know somebody that works there. Or, yeah, you know, my friend writes prescriptions, and they send them over there all the time. And um, it's just, it, you never can escape it. And it's one of those beautiful things that you kind of always have support no matter where you are. I mean, in, in Maine anyways, I, I've always felt like anywhere I turn, I'm gonna run into somebody who knows somebody. And uh, and it's just, it's incredible. I mean, I have, I did a lot of traveling um, in Maine for my rotations. I, I did one in Calais um, and uh, I, I reached out up there. Um, a friend of mine who went to Calais before me at, for a rotation um, had said, hey, there's this really great 
girl, um, you know, this lady, Edith, like she's Edie, she's awesome. You're going to love her. Um, you should stay with her, you know, reach out to her, see if you can't stay with her because, you know, I had to find a place to stay for that four weeks. I was up there and I reached out and made a great friend in her. Um, and, and it was all because I knew uh, a guy who had gone there before who had met somebody and made a friend and, you know, connected me with them. Uh, and it was, you know, I, I feel like a lot of my rotations have all been about reaching out to people that I know, hey, I'm going to be in your area for the next six weeks. I need a place to stay. Um, and they, and everybody has always been happy to take me in, even if it's a friend of a friend. I've also found, um, you know, I just saw a patient yesterday who I was in Girl Scouts with, you know, <laughs> you know 30-something years ago. Um, you know, I used to deliver babies of people that I went to high school with. And, you know, I have found also that, you know, I, it really – contributes to the sense that you really you do want to care for these people in your community in your life because they're important you know they're they are your nanny's friend or they're somebody that went to school with your brother I mean that this is our community and that you know being able to offer um, advice as a pharmacist or you know care as a doctor it's something that you really want to be able to do Absolutely. And it's, you made me think, Dr. Lisa, you know, students, you know, as we chat about career options and they're like, you know, you know, Jim, I'm not sure if I want to be a hospital pharmacist because I don't want to be on call and I don't want to work holidays. And I always say, you know what, I never got frustrated when I had to work Thanksgiving or any other holiday because I was like, um, like, I'm taking care of my community. Yeah, it stinks. I'm not home with my family, but you know what, it's important that I'm here. And we try to share that with our students. So I hope they're getting it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I absolutely agree. Where can we find out more, Jim, about the University of New England and their pharmacy school? Yeah, um, you know, the, the best thing to do is go to www.une.edu um, and link on, on the College of Pharmacy. Um, but I really encourage people to drop by the college themselves. And Kayla, can you remind us how we can learn more about Apothecary by Design? Yeah, you can definitely stop by. We love to meet new people. Um, and you can always find kind of cool stuff uh, at our retail location. Um, but you can visit us online at www.apothecarybydesign.com. Well, this has been a, an exciting conversation for me. I always learn things when I um, sit down and talk to people about what's going on. And I, I think what's happening here with pharmacy in the state of Maine is exciting. It's exciting for doctors and healthcare providers, but also for patients and community members. Um, so we've been speaking with Dr. Jim James Krebs, who is the University of New England's Assistant Dean for Experiential Education, and Dr. Kayla Stewart, who yay. is, yay, congratulations on that doctorate, Thank I know you. you worked hard for it, who is a University of New England graduate and now an apothecary by design pharmacist. Thank you for the work that you're doing and for the um, education that you're bringing to our community. Great. Thank you. Thanks, Dr. Lisa. You have been listening to Love, Maine Radio, show number 164, Maine's Pharmacy Experts. Our guests have included Catherine Cloudman, Greg Mitchell, Dr. Jim Krebs, and Dr. Kayla Stewart. For more information on our guests and extended interviews, visit themainmag.com backslash radio. Love, Maine Radio is downloadable for free on iTunes. For a preview of each week's show, sign up for our e-newsletter and like our Love, Maine Radio Facebook page. Follow me as Dr. Lisa on Twitter and see my daily running photos as Bountiful One on Instagram. We love to hear from you, so please let us know what you think of Love, Maine Radio. We welcome your suggestions for future shows. Also, let our sponsors know that you have heard about them here. We are privileged that they enable us to bring Love, Maine Radio to you each week.
This is Dr. Lisa Belial. I hope that you have enjoyed Maine's Pharmacy Experts. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of your day. May you have a bountiful life. Love Maine Radio is made possible with the support of the following generous sponsors. Maine Magazine, Marcy Booth of Booth, Maine, Apothecary by Design, Mike LePage and Beth Franklin of Remax Heritage, Tom Shepard of Shepard Financial, Harding Lee Smith of The Rooms, and Bangor Savings Bank. Love Maine Radio with Dr. Lisa Belisle is recorded in the studio of Maine Magazine at 75 Market Street, Portland, Maine. Our executive producers are Kevin Thomas, Susan Grisanti, and Dr. Lisa Belisle. Our assistant producer is Leanne Wiemet. Audio production and original music by John C. McCain. Our online editor is Kelly Clinton. Love, Maine Radio is available for download free on iTunes. See the Love, Maine Radio Facebook page or www.lovemainradio.com for details.